0: Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, Zell Anderson, Licensed Professional Counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. All right. So today I am very excited to have on the podcast Hamilton Glass. Um, I um, know of Hamilton through his artwork in the Richmond, Virginia area. uh, And I'm excited to dive into how art and mental health intersect um, from his perspective. So, Uh, Hamilton, for those not familiar with you, share a little bit more about who you are.
1: Hey, thank you. Um, So I am a public artist here in Richmond, um, a father to two daughters, um, and just an overall creative uh, here in Richmond that does and focuses on a lot of community engagement and uh, community building work.
0: Out of all of the interviews I've done so far for this podcast, I think I had to put the most thought and consideration into what I was going to ask you. Because um, most of the the episodes I've done so far have been pretty straightforward, like um, talking to a therapist about a specific mental health thing, right? Um, so this one, it's a little bit more ambiguous, right? Like the medium of art and then also how it... Um, is related to mental health. So I know in preparing for this interview, you had uh, emailed me and described art as a universal tool that can highlight and bring attention to pretty much any issue or subject matter. Can you share a little bit more about your perspective on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I see art as this. um, as this tool to really uh, bring people together. Um, we, one thing I think we all have in common as human beings is just this creative gene and this, this way of kind of expressing ourselves um, in a, in unique, unique ways. And so um, art is just this, this thing that transcends language. In general, and so uh, it is something that can attract or make you feel a certain type of way about something, without having you know to write a dissertation on it or to write you know to, to really you know voice your opinion on it. And so, I've I've always kind of used art as a way to highlight, uplift, or um, or explain my feelings without having to you know to to physically or or verbally say it um and the awesome part about that is when someone sees that or experiences it they often come up with either something different or an addition onto what i'm trying to say um which which you know in general just shows how powerful it is um and it is just a conversation starter and one that um that makes you think a little bit deeper about the subject at hand.
0: That's one thing that, or there's a couple of things there. Um, one, I think that you said is art is a way to be concise about, like as you're creating it, you you can be concise in what you want to communicate. But the beautiful part about it is that while you put a certain um, you put a lot into it, the person perceiving it, it can be expanded, right? So it's really, absolutely. art is infinite in that each person, each individual who goes to it, is gonna be looking at it from a different vantage point, experiences, um, environment, etc. I think right, it's the only absolutely. medium like that that can really do that um, to that extent.
1: Exactly. And it transcends words, language, um, which is a big barrier. Um, words and language are something that, you know, um, have different jargons and different, one thing can mean one, uh, or t- and tone can mean one thing in one culture. And then it can mean a, a to- totally opposite in another culture. But when you, I think when you look at art, um, it's something that really it's it again it just transcends words it's hard to even describe because I'm using words to describe it but uh it's it's just something that you 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 can feel i think more than you can can um understand through language
0: yeah you said that it's hard to describe but from the receiving end of this, I think you're doing a great job at putting it into words don't oh, So um, one of the, I had mentioned before that I I learned a lot about you through the Mending Walls project. Can you um, talk a little bit more about how Mending Walls came to be and um, also some of the impact that it's had so far?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Mending Walls um, is a project that I founded and created in 2020 in response to Um, all of the protests and the uprising that happened, um, from the murder of George Floyd. And it really came about when, um, I really, I really was thinking about how I was just a, I I had a conversation with another artist who had a, uh, was, is from another background than me, different culture from, than me. Um, and I knew this artist pretty, artist pretty well. And I, I really, was having a hard time when George Floyd was murdered. And it was a little bit different than I think what most people think when I say that in, in the terms of, I was more upset that people were just now starting to wake up to this fact that, you know, because we had this eight-minute video that, you know, that the, there, there was police brutality or police, uh, um, slang, slaying black and brown people. Um, and so, you know, when literally two weeks before that, Ahmad Arbery had been killed, and you can probably go back a month before that, and there was someone else, and and you know, and and so on and so on. And so, I really had this conversation with this artist, and he he told me why it was different from him. But not only that, he also told me that he felt immediately bad for not not necessarily believing the others, but not being more, um, more sympathetic to the others or more, more believing of the others. Um, and I and I realized that I could because, of course, my experience, I'm black. But I've also seen my friends in those positions before. Um, and I don't need an eight minute video to, to, you know, to prove to me that, you know, that cops are slaying or um, harassing and slaining playing, uh, black and brown people. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't need a narrative from the, you know, the media, uh, no matter the narrative from the media, it's, it's never okay. When, uh, when a person is killed, um, it doesn't matter if they smoked weed or, you know, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no narrative that, that can wash that away. And so, um, but when I, when I got off of that conversation, Um, I, I, I felt really good in the, in the, in the fact that he was able to be so vulnerable with me, um, in that time. And it made me think about all the people who were kind of starting to wake up for the first time. And instead of being mad, you know, it's time to kind of like be proactive and, and, and really speak up and, and tell people what black and brown people have been going through. Um, And so that conversation really was the foundation of Mending Walls. Being a public artist and knowing how, how loud public art speaks in Richmond, I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to get artists to come together and emphasize and do exactly what I just did with this other artist. But to make art that comes out of it, make public art that talks about social justice and the conversations two artists from different cultures come together to have.
0: That's huge. Knowing that
1: these, yeah, knowing that there were going to be these were going to be a tough conversations, right? We were all screaming "Black Lives Matter" at that time, but it 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 also meant very different things to us. There's so many um, subjects in social and racial justice that are, you know, frankly unjust here in America, um, and so knowing that that would happen and knowing that this would be difficult, but also knowing that we would get the true voices of Richmond out of that, and so I created this project. Um, like I said, that put together artists from different backgrounds. Um, We created 16 murals um, in the city of Richmond from these collaborations. And the real meat and potatoes from this project, the real substance really came really was the conversations and not just in the artists. So we had civil civic talks that explained the work, but also got people to talk and have conversations about, what the subjects of these pieces were. We also had podcasts where the artists explained, you know, what they, what their conversation was like in coming up with these uh, pieces of public art. And so we, I really kind of emphasized the, the conversation. I wanted there, this to not just this moment, that moment of the uprising to not just die be, you know, because of the moment we were in, because of, you know, the the passing of George Floyd. Um, And those tags on the wall that were happening in the cities all over across America, I didn't want those to just get power washed over um, like this moment could. And so so we created these these murals. Um, It was a big success. Um, And I, I, I say that lightly because success is only in the fashion for this project of getting people talking. Um, and getting people to empathize uh, it's, it, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing movement and um, it it by no means or way did I think mending walls was going to cure anything that was happening in America or you know with social and racial justice but if it if it brought people together to really actually have those tough and hard conversations if it fueled um, if it fueled people to talk, um, and really um, uh, talk about their backgrounds and where they come from and, um, and how they see things and not being so afraid to kind of make mistakes because of that and being empathetic around that, then it's, it, it would have done its job. And so um, in 2020, again, we created 16 murals. We have a documentary coming out in June. We have a book coming out hopefully in August. Um, and I'm programming more work to happen in 2021.
0: That's awesome. And there were just a couple of things, um, that came to mind as, you know, I was kind of watching Mending Walls as it unfolded last year. Um, the first thing being that at the time, the polarizing, um, tension that we had the the political divide was very toxic and just it it was in front of everybody it was it was very like we we felt it mentally and physically Mm -hmm. and then when it all I mean to people of color it's already been at a boil it's already been something we've been experiencing but like you said you know our counterparts they they didn't quite get it until last year. Um, and so I really appreciated that mending walls was a successful, genuine, pure way to combat that division that we've had over these past years. Um, and also that y'all, you know, expanded it beyond just the art itself, but you you had conversations around it. And I'm actually going to try to find that podcast later and check those out. Um, but another thing that I guess I'm thinking from like a business standpoint, because I'm a small business myself, during that time, I don't know if you picked up on this, but as all of this stuff was going on and the protests and things were happening, every commercial brand um, came out with or in that and COVID, too. there was like, we're all in this together. We support this, you know, and it was it really felt um, not genuine uh, mm-hmm. and as we're, you know, we're seeing all of this and it's like trendy it's trendy and it's capitalizing on a moment and it it really for those of us who have been hurting for years seeing this stuff it's vicarious trauma um it really like dug even deeper I mean I feel like a lot of us are just now coming out of the the fog of last year um and I just remember in that time like, being so, like, rolling my eyes every time I saw something, because I'm like, this corporation has never said anything about this until it became the thing to say, you know? Um, Right. But the thing I liked about Mending Walls, I think from a, you know, um, you know, your business is art, right? I could tell from the jump that it wasn't a, a... capitalizing on the moment situation. Through and through, through all of the aspects that I saw of it, it was very genuine, and this is a example of how when you have motive to do something with what you know, you used your medium that you're specialized in to foster those conversations and to get people talking and to um, like you said, communicate so much through the art and the podcasts and the you know, the fundraising and, and all of that stuff. Um, I just really appreciated that in the time, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to share that with you.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thank you for that. I mean the the one thing that I was very careful about with mending walls is is really just to be a platform. Um I think to to mention just a little bit of the criticism that I, that I was receiving when I started it was, you know, we, and and I think you're right. We, I think everyone, you you can kind of look at everyone and and be skeptical of, are you just saying this because everyone's talking about this now? Or are you saying this genuinely? And so, um, and that's everyone. And, and, um, I wanted to be a platform that let artists say what they wanted to say. Does that make any sense? Like, I had no input in, in whatsoever into what the artists put up on those, those, um, those uh, walls. Actually, when we even had uh, donated walls, because to, to do this project, we had to ask the community to donate their walls. I had to let building owners know, hey, this is. Gr- I'm so glad that you, you know, you believe in this mission that we have, and you want to donate a wall. I just want you to know, you have no input into what is going on your wall. That's and fantastic. I, um, and this really needs to be an organic conversation. And some people understood that, and some people didn't. Um, and we didn't use the ones who didn't. But um, that was really. The big, and I that w- it was really I won't say nerve wracking, but it was I was very nervous about it because I, I wanted again I wasn't trying to tell the community that this was a, this was a the way to you know to to help social justice. I was trying to tell the community that you know we are all human, and before we can um, really address each other's needs, we need to understand one another. You know, you know, some of the bad feedback that I got back from that was like, now is not the time to li- to listen to one another. Now is the time for action. But my argument to that was, well, you know, no one's really going to move on your actions if they don't understand them, if that makes any sense. And so that's why, you know, that's why I did what, what I did. I Again it really goes back to that model and that conversation that I first had that made me feel physically different. Um, And I know that no one really knows or feels that, but me, but I was in a really bad mood. And, and I, here I am talking to someone that I know very well, but has like a, a 180 opinion than, than me. And it really changed it around. It really, and it had nothing to do with him. It had, something to do with me it had the way the way I was looking at it was wrong and I needed to understand you know w- what experiences in his life made him not believe those other things if that makes any sense and, and I... knowing that this was the best opportunity to to address you know address people like him or you know others who were just waking up for the first time to say hey you know, this is this is why they don't think this way. Um, and now that you're waking up, you can be educated on that.
0: I commend you for your boldness in being matter-of-fact with the, the people who are donating walls. Um, uh, because if, I mean, you very well could have been more of like a people pleaser right like someone donates their wall and then they have input and um expectations of what it is that's going to go up um but when you have those restrictions the art is not genuine um and you know it's kind of like if i assume you've been through this before if someone is requesting you to do something but they're being like micromanagey it's, right, not right. Gonna, it's not going to it's not going to convey and it's not going to accomplish what it needs to um and so i i definitely commend you for you know passing on the walls where you know the people weren't okay with not having any you know um input on what really went up there because in the time it it wasn't a time for curation um it was a time for these genuine conversations um to be happening and i think if you would have laxed on that or kind of been people-pleasing about that it could have definitely taken it in a different direction so um that i'm sure that took a lot of bravery even though it was nerve-wracking at the time
1: yeah yeah
0: okay well um to kind of move into the next question um you've shared um with me through the emails, uh, about how art is a tool for managing your own mental health. Um, so to a level that you're comfortable, uh, can you share a little bit more about your own mental health journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a, I'm a very busy body. (laughs) I'm a very busy body. And, um, I also, when I I don't know when I sit still, there's a problem. If I'm the same sense. way. When I sit still, there's a problem, and so uh, I I just really, you know, don't sit still. I do that to kind of keep things going, and so um, I always get the comment of like, "Ham, you're everywhere. You're 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 doing a lot." And I think I think that that plays a lot into it. It's just because. I I want to keep moving to, you know, to really kind of keep healthy, if you will, um, or to to not think about things, if you will. Mm-hmm. Which which actually goes back to mending walls. Like I think, um, you know, at the moment I was doing it to to also heal myself. Right? It was kind of like, yeah, that made me feel better. I want more of that. Uh, that conversation made me feel better. I want more of that um, I yeah and so and so and keeping busy, you know i'm I'm able to help myself, but I also am ha- able to help others because um, one of the great things about that I love about public art is the ability to kind of rope people into it um, I a little bit about about myself like I didn't think that I could be a public artist um, for a living, and I went into architecture in, instead. Um, and then lost my, you know, graduated from Hampton University with an architecture degree, practiced architecture for seven years, and then um, lost my position in the in architecture during the recession. And so um, that's when I fell into public art. And so I, I kind of. I have like a chip on my shoulder about that because, you know, even though I didn't end up as an architect, um, I, I always think back to that time because I can remember it very clearly being in high school and say, Hey, what am I going to do? Um, I fell for that stereotype of, you know, there, you know, you're going to be a starving artist and do what you really want to do. Uh, you can't do that. And so I, you know, my mission in, in life or in, in public art in my career definitely is to be that, that example that I never had. And so it's, it's, it's kind of art helps me full circle that way, if that makes any sense. It helps me be that, um, that mentor that I never had. Um, it gives me something to strive for in, in, in doing this. Um, and it keeps me busy with helping people. Like it keeps my mind refreshed in and doing that. And, um, that's, that's how I kind of, uh, keep my head on straight.
0: That's good to have that, that background. Um, I've actually heard a lot of, um, stories of people, um, who during, I, am assuming the recession you're talking about is the like t- 2008 Housing crash recession.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So So, I lost my position in 2009.
0: Okay. And so a lot of people had told me, um, you know, I've heard as a therapist, I hear a lot of stories about how people, you know, their lives changed during that. Um, and it's always great to hear of a situation where someone was like working, uh, you know, either corporately or, Mm -hmm. They weren't quite following what they wanted to do. And then something kind of, you know, flips life upside down. And then it's like, well, I have an opportunity to go do that now. Um, Yeah. And so getting, you know, laid off from your job was the catalyst to everything you're doing now. Um, Yeah. It's, it's
1: funny a lot. And and even during COVID, it's, it's funny how turmoil always, brings up really good opportunity for this stuff. And that's when I think, you know, you get a lot of the small businesses and people who, stories from people who, you know, leave their job and go on to do things that they that they uh, are passionate about and really want to do.
0: So many people I've heard of, of like, um, even, you know, clients I work with, you know, colleagues, friends that I know, they've, that we were all stuck at home for the most part. So people launched businesses that they never thought they could. Um, there was like this, heat, like energy, especially in the Richmond area of people to support local and black. Um, and that so many businesses started because of the downturn of, you know, not even being able to really go out. Um, and a lot of those businesses are thriving because they were able to start at a time where there was nothing but idle time um and it i think it was really beautiful how you know all of that sort of stuff came together obviously it came out of some pretty dark times but um yeah it's always good to see when that happens and also i love a good story where you know in high school they were telling you you can't you can't do the type of art you want to do you're going to be a starving artist and right right. um to like beat the odds or like to defy people's expectations for you, I'm sure is very, um, liberating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
0: So, um, you shared, uh, a little bit about, um, mending walls before, but, um, I've got to ask, uh, cause I'm sure you get lots of feedback on how your art has resonated with others. Um, is there a noteworthy example that comes to mind um, where you're, where someone shared about how your art impacted them, um, like a noteworthy story that you want to share with the audience?
1: cool man. I, none that are, like, truly focused um, that I can remember the exact story. But I, I speak to so many who talk about just... Um, just the murals in ger- in general. Most of my work is tied with some type of cause or um, nonprofit or organization that's doing great work in the city. So those stories are really easy to come by because you know the partnerships are, are way bigger than me. Um, they're about the you know the organization that I'm working with. Um, Probably the one I would highlight the most would be the one with Girls for a Change on First Street in downtown Richmond, um, where the girls that I worked with got to um, design work for, um, design the the mural for themselves. And uh, it was themed around changing the narrative where they wanted to see themselves in a positive light. And so I think that one, I, I guess I'll put that one at the top for me, just because, um, I have two, two, uh, little girls, myself, two black girls, myself, and, um, knowing that that project started from, um, girls talking and giving a talk, uh, giving a speech about how they wanted to see themselves and, you know, in and, and greater lights here in Richmond and, um, and I reached out to Angela Patton, who runs Girls for a Change and said, Hey, I know you guys, you know, this was a small little snippet of this, this thing, but I want to help you with this. And I think we could do it with public art. And, and uh, that's, you know, we, she immediately said, yes, let's do it. And that's how that project came about. So that one is kind of one of the top ones for me.
0: That's awesome. And I, I really admire that you, um, you do so much with your platform, um, between like communicating things that are hard for people to talk about. Um, but then also incorporating into your business model, um, the, the nonprofit, the giving back, the investing in the community stuff. Cause I'm, Assuming it would be very, you know, lucrative to just, you know, take commissions and do murals and all of this stuff for pure profit. But it's yeah. it's obviously, you know, interwoven into your business model, the giving back and um, investing in the community. So that is awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It all goes back to being that example that I didn't have. Okay.
0: So, um, I've asked you a ton of questions here, but, um, in case I missed anything, I wanted to kind of ask, is there anything else on this, uh, you know, kind of discussion about art and mental health, um, that you'd like to share with the listeners that I didn't directly ask about?
1: Um, I think you asked about it, but I mean, again, I really like to just tell people that, you know, my, my work really centers around, um, being that example. So that's why I collaborate so much. My work really centers around collaboration. I think collaborating with people always brings out new ideas, creative ideas, innovative ideas, and, um, ideas that are not just about self. Um, and so that, that is what really excites me. Um, Just doing things for the community and kind of building up the community that I work and live in, Um, and it's just been amazing. Um, I'm now going on my, I believe, ninth year as a public artist or just a full time artist. Congratulations! Amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that, and it's just been amazing. Uh, This journey has just been amazing, and I could have not, I couldn't have dreamed a better, (laughs) you know, uh, a better outcome thus far. And my work as an artist, um, and all from you know this kid who thought he would be a starving artist and didn't go that route because of it.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, because um, it's definitely not typical. Um, you know, uh, Richmond is is an art hub, so to speak, and it's for a lot of people it's hard to like find their way. Um, so to see that kind of success and to you know. Be able to do all the things you do with it is um i'm sure that's a dream come true
1: yeah absolutely
0: okay well uh hamilton i want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule i know you're booked months in advance um so i greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today um real quick before we go i want to kind of give you the floor to tell the listeners where they can find you in your work, such as your, you know, your website, your socials, uh, where they can support financially. I want to kind of just give you the floor to share all that information. And I'll also be sure to link all of the stuff in the show notes for this episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my website is whosham.com, W-H-O-S-H-A-M.com. Um, my, of course, my Instagram and my social media is a lot more updated than my site. Um, and my Instagram is which I, what I use the most, which is hand glass, H-A-M-G-L-A-S-S. Um, I also would love for your listeners to check out the mending walls project. I'm putting a lot of energy into that project. Um, and that website is mendingwallsrva.com. That's M-E-N-D-I-N-G-R-V. I mean, W-A-L-S. W-A-L-L-S-R-V-A.com. Um, and we are in the process, Many Walls is in the process of uh, fundraising right now for our 2021 project. Um, so there's a link on the website where you can donate. Also, we, we have some things like prints you can, you can purchase of all of the last year's murals that we created that uh, 100% of the proceeds goes to the project uh, this year. So please check that out. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. That is awesome.
0: Um, Well, thanks again for taking the time to talk with me today. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend.
1: All right. Thank you for having me. You too.
0: Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it's free. They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast, no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance.